What are the three key questions surrounding the 2023 Minnesota Vikings for fantasy football? It's time to break down the team ahead of training camp as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out my latest article for SN. It is grading all teams for their offseason work with draft and free agency, 1 through 32, leading with the Pittsburgh Steelers all the way down through the Arizona Cardinals and Los Angeles Rams. So breaking down how those teams did to improve themselves a lot offensively. That means better things for fantasy football. Minnesota Vikings had an interesting offseason as well with some key changes. We'll break those down for you today. And a big question mark on who will be in their backfield when it comes to week one of the regular season. So we will answer that key question with Dalvin Cook, look at Jordan Addison, as well as explore what you can expect from Kirk Cousins here in 2023. Those are the three key questions we're going to try to answer as best as we can, knowing where the Vikings are at right now. So we'll do that for you on today's show. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. I'm also proud to tell you today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL. And when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL, that's all caps, They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So take advantage of that great deal, and we'll tell you more on how to get in on Bird Dogs later in the show. All right, we're going to begin asking that number one question that's on everyone's mind here with Dalvin Cook. What's his future in Minnesota? Is there a future in Minnesota? Is he going to be moved here by the end of the offseason? And what does that mean for the rest of his backfield? Where do they go with the rest of the guys that they have, including Alexander Madison. Well, let's look at where Dalvin Cook finished last year. The numbers were pretty solid. He finished as RB10 overall in half-point PPR scoring, RB13 in terms of average points per game. He's ranked right now as RB19. I think that comes with the uncertainty. So, look, last year he was a pretty solid back-end RB1. When you look at the top 12 finish right outside the top 12 in terms of the average, he just didn't blow you away, right? He didn't have those explosive numbers that uh, really give you, uh, okay, this guy's rolling here. He had uh, 264 carries, 1,173 yards, only 4.4 yards per pop, which is pretty low for him. He also uh, caught 39 passes. So interesting numbers there overall for what he gave. And it was pretty dominant here when you look at the numbers, when you put them in perspective. He had uh, 303 touches for him, uh, a big chunk of yards, almost 1,460. And then Alexander Madison, his backup, six touchdowns as part of his haul, which was great. But uh, you had 374 yards only in 89 touches. So pretty clear that Dalvin Cook was the dominant feature back in terms of the usage. 77% of the carries, 80% 
of the touches overall for Dalvin Cook. So they gave him the volume, and that's kind of how he got the numbers, right? He wasn't all that explosive. He really didn't break a lot of tackles. He just kind of plotted away a little bit and had his share of those typical durability issues that he has for a few games, right? Let's look at Alexander Madison. He finished at RB49 and way down there in terms of average points per game. And then now he's ranked as RB36, so the last flex running back there. They also have Ty Chandler still on the roster. They drafted Dwayne McBride as well. And then you have one uh, Kenny Nwangwu, a very good uh, return man here. He's a pro bowler at that level, but will they give him some opportunities in the backfield? Something to look at here. It wasn't all that great for Alexander Madison. Only uh, 3.8 yards per carry. So it was not like he was all that more explosive. In fact, the yards per carry were better for Cook, but a lot of that was him staying on the field for a lot of it and playing off the passing game, which opened up some running lanes. And you had a Ty Chandler, 3.3, so not a lot there. Interesting note that Dwayne McBride, 7.3 yards per carry in college. We know that's a different story. He was playing at a different type of school against lower competition. But that's notable, right, that he has some explosiveness and maybe giving them the bigger plays that they're looking for with Kevin O'Connell. What happens in year two of an offensive-minded head coach? They kind of evaluate. We've seen that with Josh McDaniels here. The Raiders moving on from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. They take a look at, okay, who fit in our offense? Who didn't quite fit? I don't think Dalvin Cook was a great fit for what they were trying to do in it last year. I think Madison fits that a little bit more. That's why they brought him back, I think, when you look in free agency, that Madison uh, was a pretty cheap keep here. And they also maybe considering moving Dalvin Cook. Now, the question is, where could Dalvin Cook land that he'd be more effective here? The Bills have Damian Harris and his brother, James Cook. Dolphins crowded backfield has Devin Chain from the draft, as well as Jeff Mostert, or Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, basically a mashup with two former 49ers backs that were very productive there for Mike McDaniel. So, again, those are two of the hottest teams rumored, both in the AFC East. The other team that's come up because Dalvin Cook wants to play for them, no question about it, is the New York Jets. Why? Because they have momentum with Aaron Rodgers. They have a little bit of an opening if Brees Hall is not fully healthy here to be a lead back that's complete. And I think Dalvin Cook sees him uh, being potentially that usage that we see with Brees Hall having uh, that effect. So, look, it's not looking good for Dalvin Cook. It's late in the offseason. They might have to outright release him. They're moving on from a lot of veterans. We saw that with Adam Thielen. They cut him and uh, didn't want him back on the roster. They're looking at Daniel Hunter moving him. They didn't keep Zadaria Smith. So the Vikings are slowly turning the corner to rebuild mode. They don't want to carry these contracts that are a bit burdensome for overpaid players that are fading, and Dalvin Cook is one of those players. And look, he doesn't have that high age yet. He's not yet 30, but pretty high volume, right, from the get-go coming out of Florida State, that he's been getting the ball quite frequently here for Minnesota. So he's got some wear on those tires, and he's played a good chunk. He's missed some time, but really Dalvin Cook has a pretty good mileage on him to say, look, he's going to start to fade even more, as we saw signs of that last year with some of the explosive numbers. So very interesting what we see the Vikings do going forward. I think it's going to be a full-blown committee, unfortunately, here, because they do like what uh, Madison can do, but uh, Chandler has uh, flashed some things, McBride in the draft, Kenny Nwangwu as well. I think it'll be a situational type thing where you might see Alexander Madison in that power role, Dwayne McBride maybe in a change of pace, Ty Chandler getting some of that opportunity as well. So 
it's not going to look good if Dalvin Cook's not there. Now, if Dalvin Cook stays there, you can't totally feel comfortable. I think that's why you have him down as an RB2 in that situation right now in the expert consensus rankings because we're not sure, right? We're not sure if they want to phase out Cook. They're just going to hold on to him and go in that direction. We're not sure if his run blocking is going to be better. This actually pass protection is very good with Christian Darisaw and the other offensive linemen here. But is the run blocking going to hold up and give more juice there? So Dalvin Cook, I think conservatively, is on the team. You have to drop him down to RB2 status and uh, half-point PPR really in all type of formats now. If Cook is gone, then you do have to look at Alexander Madison as an RB2 because he figured as a veteran, as a guy that they brought back in the mix, he's still going to be the lead here with some of those other guys putting together the rest of the touches here on this team. So, again, we don't want Dalvin Cook to leave the Vikings because it becomes cloudier for this situation. We're not sure we can trust Madison in a committee. We're not sure Dalvin Cook is necessarily going to be a feature back based on the openings that are left for runners. So, it could be mutually assured fantasy football destruction if Dalvin Cook is out of Minnesota this late. And again, there's just not a lot of appealing places for Cook to land at this very moment unless a team moves one of their veterans and opens up a spot or someone goes down, such as a Damian Harris who has injury issues. Uh, maybe you have a Cook-Cook situation in Buffalo or Mostert and Wilson have more of those issues there with Miami and they have to turn to Cook a little bit more and bring along their young running back. So that's what we're looking for for as much volume as possible, but I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to see that anymore going forward in his career. All right, there you have the key question that we want answered. We won't maybe have an answer until late here on what they're going to do with Dalvin Cook and what they might do to replace him. So we'll wait for that one a little bit based on what uh, Kevin O'Connell wants to do with the offense. We will look at uh, their rookie wide receiver, Jordan Addison. Look at Kirk Cousins checking on him and where we want him as a value in 2023 as well in our final two segments. I did tell you at the top that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And Bird Dogs, you really can't get more comfortable with the shorts, joggers, uh, apparel that's going to keep you cool, dry all throughout the summer here. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. I can't recommend them enough. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. That's uh, what we want, right? We want to look in shape as well, guys. The Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, so they're that athletic uh, comfort design, but fit way better for you. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're made of a stiff, restricting cotton. We don't like that. We want breathability, movability with our shorts. And uh, believe me, I wear these everywhere. I transition if I'm just doing errands or spending a day outside, going to a concert or a festival. Bird Dogs is perfect for that because Bird Dogs, uh, they fix the issue by inventing cloud net fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches to, to give you a way slimmer fit. Without sacrificing movement, you want to be able to walk around and uh, party and uh, get your dance on outside. And uh, while you're dancing and you're working up a sweat, you don't have to worry about that because Bird Dogs is going to take care of you with anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool all day and all night long dry as well. So really love it. Uh, I'm getting a new shipment of Bird Dogs coming here soon. I love wearing mine as much as possible here. They really feel and look great than my old stiff cotton shorts and pants. I do like the joggers as well. It's really uh, great uh, there. Now, right now, if you uh, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL and under promo code LockedOnNFL, all caps, you get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's right. You can get some great shorts here that are going to get you through the summer and beyond. And you'll also get a free gift. So that's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for free Yeti-style tumbler. You don't want to 
take your bird dogs off. We promise you I have them on and I really uh, love having them and you will too. Get it on it right now. Birddogs.com slash lockdown and fell. And they'll throw in that free Yeti style tumbler as a complimentary gift. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, breaking down the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. All right, now we're going to explore Jordan Addison. What is the rookie wide receiver's upside here in 2023, and what can he do to uh, give us uh, trust in fantasy football? Well, he's ranked as wide receiver 39. So that's pretty modest, right? Right outside the wide receiver three, so wide receiver four, a guy that has a high priority off the bench that you could look at having those numbers. But let's look deeper to see can Addison live up to those expectations. 143 vacated targets. They come from two players. They're from Adam Thielen. So middle of the pack number, by the way, is 143. Adam Thielen was cut 107 targets. He's now with the Panthers. Irv Smith. They also moved on from him. He had 36 targets. So that's where they come from right there with that. Now, Irv Smith, of course, plays tight end. You had TJ Hawkinson get 86 targets in 10 games last year. He's a top three, top tier tight end right now because he'll probably absorb a lot of those Smith targets as they go more with one tight end there and go back to a lot of 11 personnel with three wide receivers. KJ Osborne is that third wide receiver. He's uh, coming off finishing as wide receiver 45, he was uh, on top of that uh, 67 in terms of average. So not a lot there, well into the wide receiver fours near the end. He's ranked as wide receiver 90 right now. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one on the board. Last year at 184 targets, 29% of that for him. So really uh, dominant there. Then you had uh, the rest of the guys at 17% at wide receiver. And the tight ends uh, provide a lot there combined so Hawkinson should be the most uh, targeted player after Jefferson for the Vikings but then it's open right we know that Adam Thielen was pretty darn good he finished as wide receiver 31 last year so that's already higher than where Addison is ranked at this point so the big question for Addison can he score those touchdowns but he's been very productive you definitely have a lot of targets available with 100 so again even if Hawkinson gets a bump up I mean he's probably going to swallow most of Smith's numbers here and then that, that leaves potential 80 to 100 left for Adam Thielen. I could see the bump up for Osborne with the targets there last year. But when you look at it, it's definitely featuring Addison more. And it makes a lot of sense. He can play the slot. He's a pretty good scorer. We've seen that number from USC. I think he's a complete route runner. He's a lot like Justin Jefferson, but I think he's more dedicated and better off in the slot. And he can play that because Jefferson's on the outside. Osborne's also set up on the outside. So I think there's a direct path to at least Thielen's numbers but I think there's a little bit more than that because I think Addison has fresher legs he comes in Thielen was slowing down a little bit he wasn't giving much yardage and pop outside of the red zone so really feel good now about uh, Jordan Addison taking over pretty much being a seamless replacement for Thielen much the way that Justin Jefferson was not only a seamless transition from Stefan Diggs but an upgrade in terms of the scoring immediately there so Vikings uh, have a clear-cut plan. I think Addison was a target all along for them. They had big things for him, a little bit of uh, banged-up status here early in the OTAs, but he should be fully healthy. Again, he's a polished guy. He was a Blitnikoff winner there at Pittsburgh before he transferred to USC and played with Caleb Williams. 
So, again, he can run routes all over the field. He's pretty versatile. That also helps Addison stay on the field. But I think 11 personnel, Hawkinson is the tight end. Again, Hawkinson and Jefferson are two elite players in their position, but there's still room for other people to produce here based on the passing volume and not a big checkdown team necessarily, as that could fade a little bit for Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison, that's not a big part of his game either. Again, having the second tight end out of the mix also helps as they streamline with Hawkinson behind Jefferson. So really lines up well for Addison to be the guy ahead of Osborne because he's in the nature of this offense. That's just where things would go here. Replacing Thielen, it's really about the comfort level with Kirk Cousins and Addison right away. And I think you'll see that develop because he's such a good route runner with reliable hands all over the field. All right, there you have a look. Jordan Addison definitely has some wide receiver two upside here, not just as an easy wide receiver three replacing Adam Thielen. So a lot of good stuff to like in the rookie and then maybe a little sneaky sleeper for rookie of the year offensively in the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, is, uh, keep in mind, it is June, so we're uh, abbreviating the schedule a little bit. So we won't have a Friday show. We want to enjoy that. It's uh, common in the summer to do that. So abbreviating uh, our weeks, but we still got through the entire NFC North. If you missed anything, breaking down the NFC East, that's up with the Cowboys and uh, Giants and Eagles and Commanders. Previously, we covered the three teams ahead of the Vikings, so really that finished behind the Vikings in the standings last year in alphabetical order. They were the Bears, Lions, and the Packers, so not through two divisions. Don't worry, we'll get through all 32 teams on the show, so hope you uh, you enjoy your weekend, and we'll come back and uh, start taking a look at the Teams in the NFC South, starting with the Atlanta Falcons. That'll be the team next there that we get to on Monday show. So no show Friday, but uh, we'll bring you uh, division breakdowns. Continue that here on the show. Don't worry, all throughout this quiet part of the NFL offseason. It is time to close the show and break down the final Vikings key question we have. Can Kirk Cousins do it again as a QB1? We kind of asked a similar question of Jared Goff, and they're similar, right? They're pocket passers last year he finished as qb7 so pretty solid just outside the top half of qb1s in the 12 team leagues qb11 in terms of average scoring qb13 is his ranking here so everything lines up here pretty well look at his uh finishes here since he came to minnesota 12th 13th 11th 11th and 7th so he's been pretty consistent right last year was a bit of an anomalous spike and you look at the numbers last year 4000 547 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, and uh, again, two touchdowns on the ground, 97 yards rushing. So nothing that you're going to get too much, but those touchdowns were nice to have there to put him over to 30 touchdown mark overall. So Kirk Cousins is pretty steady and consistent, reliable, but does he have a high upside? I don't think so. But when you're looking at it, they replace the targets, right? Hawkinson bumps up. He has a good chemistry with him immediately. You have Addison working in the mix. So I think you're going to see more of Kirk Cousins. I think you just may see a little bit less with the passing volume. I think it'll probably just be about the same. And that's where we're looking at. So really, if he plays every game and is consistent, I think you'll see a QB 10 to QB 13. That's what you can expect. Now, is he going to maybe deviate and go way beyond that his history says no right when it's 12th 13th 11th 11th before last year going all the way to seventh is pretty high he usually 
can uh, be a ceiling at ninth. So if you're looking for a high upside and a ceiling, you're not going to get it from Kirk Cousins. But if you're looking for a high Florida quarterback, you're definitely going to get it. If he's one of the last guys on the board, people are not enthused to take him. He's still putting up numbers, right? Very efficient. He's put up his best uh, seasons in his career in Minnesota. So I think he doesn't get enough credit. I think he's done plenty. They just don't win, right? They don't win the big games. He lost in the playoffs right away to the Giants. So in terms of reality, Kirk Cousins doesn't deliver where you need to, makes interceptions in uh, tough spots. Vikings haven't been too, so far elevated. This is probably going to be his last season. I think if the Vikings fall flat and I think return to the pack without all those comebacks, and Cousins was responsible for all those comebacks, and uh, them really defying the odds with their record. If they slide back, I think they're could be in the market there for an early first round pick and the replacement quarterback. So Kirk Cousins might be the last hurrah as one of the steadier fantasy football players. And again, he's not exciting necessarily, but you put him in your lineup. If you want to invest elsewhere, load up at other positions, wait and uh, take him as one of the last quarterbacks, maybe back him up with another guy similar. Maybe it's a golf that you put together with him or one of those sleepers that we've talked about, Derek Carr, Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, someone like that, that maybe carries a little bit more upside in his situation, then it feels all right for Cousins, right? If he's uh, solo there and you're just like, okay, we're going to plug and play and rest that uh, Cousins is going to lead us to where we need to be, then you may not be. But you may just want to have one option to play the matchups when they're not so favorable for Cousins. If it's a primetime game where it usually doesn't work out too well for him, uh, you want to have that. So, again, Cousins uh, may be maligned a lot in reality, but in fantasy – he gets the job done because it's pretty reliable and it really didn't matter here that they changed offenses actually support him a little bit with the loose connection all the way back to Kyle Shanahan and Kevin O'Connell through uh, Sean McVay. So some look at there, but again, I would think he's probably hit his peak there. So that's what you're looking at his numbers. Again, he also could slide as we've talked about this before with other quarterbacks rising such as Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson some of these guys bouncing back that could also put Kirk Cousins down a little bit on the rankings but I think when you look at the numbers they're probably going to finish around where they are so it's really not about Cousins delivering it's about the people in relation to Cousins are they a little bit more appealing with upside that's what you have to consider but again high floor pick late at quarterback that's where you go Kirk Cousins is the poster boy for that I think he's a better pick than uh, Jared Goff, as we mentioned uh, there with Detroit. I just think Cousins, uh, with the Lions maybe being a little bit better defensively, the Vikings feeling a little bit gutted and uh, replacing some players. I think the volume, uh, again, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to go up, but I think it'll stay steady enough where you can trust Kirk Cousins as that uh, back-end QB1 once more. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen. Uh, This has been Vinny Iyer for... Locked on fantasy football. Again, uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll come back and look at the Atlanta Falcons, barring some breaking news, whether it's Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins. We'll analyze that if it happens here, a move that uh, is going to shake up fantasy football. So we'll pop in with that anytime. But uh, right now we've got the schedule looking at the NFC South. We'll go through all those four teams and finish with the NFC West and go from AFC East to AFC West as well. So we'll get you covered on all 32 teams here on the show. This has been Locked on Fantasy Football. Have a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll catch you there with more fantasy football offseason talk.